This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. You know how, like, everybody these days is like a Stoic. They all, like, believe in Stoic philosophy. Right, right, right. Everyone think about Stoic all the time now. Yeah, and I, I think that is a very useful philosophy. And so I kind of wanted to do, like, you know, if you want a real good overview, like Ryan Holiday's books are excellent. Craig Stanlin's recent book talks about how he used Stoicism to survive prison. And so I'll give a little bit of an overview, but I think there's an actual better philosophy out there if you want freedom and even a taste of happiness. And I want to talk about that because I think people got... Everybody became an atheist, and so they rejected religion, which is fine. Well, well, the thing is, like, why do you think people reject religion? I'm just curious because when I was growing up, you know, I'm all Buddhist. Like, my parents, like, very Buddhist-centric. We go to the temple and we, we pray to the statue and all this thing. And then as I grow older, the idea of religions just seems weird to me. Well, I mean, there's several reasons. One is something in us wants to rebel against our parents, mm-hmm. right? So... This didn't always happen, but with our generation, starting with maybe the generation before me even, um, and then the generations after me, people just tend to do the opposite of what their parents want them to do. So if your parents want you to go to church or a Buddhist temple, whatever, you tend to reject it. If your parents believe in God, you start to look for alternatives. The other thing is, is that we learn more. Like we learn that probably there wasn't a guy who parted the Red Sea, or probably there wasn't a guy who just fills up wine glasses whenever he wants. Like, I'm sure every single magician we've had on this podcast can fill wine glasses just snapping their fingers. So Especially Steve Cohen. Yeah, Steve Cohen. Not, not the producer Steve Cohen, the magician Steve Cohen. Yes. Um, uh, people should check out that podcast because he did like a trick on the show against me. That was me. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, he, he literally is like a human lie detector. But... Uh, uh, you know, I think we we look back at the religions and see them for what they are. They're kind of like, you know, if you have faith, then yes, they're true stories. But the stories seem a lot like science fiction or fantasy. Right, right. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that is the reason why a lot of people... So like Penn from Penn and Teller has, mm-hmm. is, has been on the podcast. He is an atheist for these types of reasons. Like, I do you didn't re- know he was an atheist? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's uh, he really speaks about that a lot and written a book about it. And uh, you know, a lot of it is because you know these stories were just created to. Oh, he did a miracle though, and then some people believed them. It's the same, you know, and some people didn't. And so now more and more people are thinking like, ah, that doesn't really make sense. So they're looking for you know. So that's two reasons. A third right. reason is I think. I think you look around and like, for instance, you went to a Buddhist temple and you prayed to a statue. Right. Let me ask you a question. Did Buddha himself ever pray to a statue? No, because Buddha prays to himself. Okay, but did any of his disciples pray to a statue? No, I, nope. Any nope. of the monks in the first generation after Buddha? See, so uh, no, a lot of yeah. these things, like when Jesus was, was around, there was no Pope. When no, Buddha yeah. was around, you know, Buddha himself uh, might have been an atheist, meaning he didn't really believe in, you know, I, he was a, he was born a Hindu, but he didn't really believe in the Hindu gods. He, um, you know, the, the, the it, there's very little writing that is originally comes from Buddha, but there's something called the Pali Canon, uh, which is the, supposedly the original 
words of Buddha. And not once does he mention the Hindu gods, and he doesn't say you have to believe in a god to reach right. enlightenment. He talks about uh, med- you know, the four noble truths, that there is suffering, that there's an end to suffering. And he talks about meditation, he talks about the eightfold path, he talks about you know right speech and right action and being virtuous. And he also says, you know, he, 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 Buddha was like a modern philosopher actually, but he doesn't really talk about, uh, you know, gods at all. That's not really part of Buddhism. And maybe in some versions of it, but not the Buddha version of it. And so, so you start to realize like you could start to realize, you know what? I'm praying to this temple, but there's a mixture of Buddhism and Malaysian ancient religions in here. It's not like pure right. Buddhism. It's not like right. pure Malaysian religion. And it's all the Tibetan Buddhism has all these gods and goddesses right. that have nothing to do with Buddhism. And Taoism and stuff. Yeah, Taoism has all these, um, you know, rituals and stuff. Lao Tzu, we don't know too much about Lao Tzu. We don't even know if the Tao Te Ching is a religious book. It could have been a political book. It, it, I think it's just a philosophical uh, books, right? Well, it could have been, you know, he he was supposedly an advisor to rulers. It could have been yeah. a guide on how to rule, be an emperor. Like, we don't really know whether it was a religious book or kind of a political guide. Right. So for me, if, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm Chinese, you know, I, I know Lao Tzu very well. Like, it's, he's my buddy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you, hang, you hung out with him. You hung out with him all the time. You're J2. Am I a human dreaming I'm a butterfly or am I a butterfly dreaming I'm human? You probably butterfly dreaming of a boat, uh, humans, because right now you're living as a human. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you yeah. know that that's Chang Su kind of questioning whether whether our notions of reality right. are true at all, and that and that's part of the question here, which is why should we believe in anything? Because Chang Su says we Chang Su was basically making this simulation hypothesis. We might just be in a giant simulation. We might, we might. Well, so uh, back to back to Lao Tzu is uh, when I w- when I was learning about Lao Tzu, it's not about the religion side of it. It's about how he's a philosopher. He always he will always ask these questions and give wisdom rather than be like, oh, you have to, you have to only pray to me or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, he didn't talk about prayer at all. I no. mean, the main if I were to take a philosophical point from Taoism, it's essential and, and summarize it in one line. It's go with the flow. Like basically, you know, the tide of events in your life are like a giant ocean and you're just a tiny particle in that ocean and there's nothing you can do to fight the ocean. So do things that you can that go with the tide of world events. doesn't mean be like everyone else. It just means don't fight. And this is very similar to stoicism. It means don't fight what you can't control and have faith that if you are, are virtuous and keep calm, then correct things will happen in your life. Not necessarily right. good things, but like the things that are supposed to happen will happen in your so, life. I'm just curious, what makes you want to talk about stoicism so much? Like I, I remember when you first, you know, when we first do the podcast again after, after you know, your, your sickness, uh, you, you, you tell me that you really want to do that. Like what makes you all of a sudden want to do about stoicism so much? So, so, so the first thing we covered was that people have left religion, but they still need something to believe in. Right. And, and that's a question too. Why do people need something to believe in? I think people need something to believe in because they want a sort of code that is thousands of years old and, and maybe f- sort of focus group by all these great people that tell them how to live a good life, that maybe they could be successful, they could be happy, they could have good family, they could have success. And so they still want 
it's hard to kind of reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like I always ask, I used to ask guests this, if you could go back in time 1,000 years, what knowledge do you have that could help society? And chances are nothing. Like I can't make a telephone or make a gun or make, that wouldn't necessarily help yeah. society. I, I, can't, I can't make the, a computer. Like there's nothing I know that could help the people in 1000 AD because it's hard to come up with new things. So I think people want a philosophy that's thousands of years old that they could say, oh, this feels true to me. And if I live this way, I might live a better life as opposed to if I'm making it up on my own. And I don't really want to believe in the religion of my parents. Right. And so right. I think a generation ago, people would switch religions. Like they'd go from a lot of, a lot of, not many, but some Jewish people I know would go to Buddhism or some oh. Christian people I know would go try different types of Christianity or, or maybe they would even try Buddhism also. Like people, you know, Western religions would try Eastern religions, people, Eastern, but now I think people are trying more what's called secular philosophies, philosophies that have nothing to do with a God, but have to do with maybe a code for living. Interesting. I never thought about that. Like, I, like also the other thing about religion, I felt like one thing that people doesn't really believe in religion anymore because we learn in history, people are using religion just to gain power. Yeah. So, right. So, so to gain power, gain wealth, but whether or not that's true, I'm not commenting on, but I think that's why a lot of people decided I don't want to be my religion. I don't want to switch from one religion to another. I want to find another philosophy that maybe people don't really know about. And right. I want to live my life according to that way. So about, you know, 2,500 years ago, maybe a little less, 2,300 years ago, Stoicism started. It was a Greek philosophy. I'm not going to go through the history of Stoicism again. I'm just going to summarize it, but then I'm going to talk about a philosophy that more resonates with me. Stoicism basically says there are some things that are not in your control and it's important to be aware of what's in your control and what's not in your control. If there's an earthquake and your house is destroyed, there's no point in saying, ah, an earthquake, I would be a success. This earthquake ruined my life. It's horrible. It's horrible. That moment is not a very happy moment for you. And you had no control over it. So you're letting something that you had no control over determine whether you're happy that moment or not. And right. it's not saying... Oh, of course you're going to be ups, you know, upset if an earthquake ruins all your things, but you shouldn't let it ruin your view on life because there was an earthquake that you had no control over. Natural disasters happen. You know, some things you have no control over, like let's say the economy. You know, I I bought a house in 2007, and then you know there was the great financial crisis in 2008, 2009, 2010, and I lost my house and even got a divorce. Now the economy. I could say, oh, if it wasn't for the economy, I'd be more successful. Uh, and now I'm, um, my life's over, I'm ruined. So stoicism would say, you have no control over that, over the economy. Now you, but you do have control over how you react to things. So right. you could, so instead of saying, oh, my life is ruined, you could say, well, this gives me a chance to start over and maybe good things will happen when I, when I start over with an open mind. So those are two aspects of stoicism are very important. You have, you have no control over certain things in your life and your happiness is not determined by these external factors, whatever they are, but, but your judgments of them, what, whether, how you react to them. You don't have to react in a miserable way all the time. You could choose to react in a way that, okay, this didn't work out, but now I'm going to move on to the next thing. And it's always exciting right. for me when I move on to the next thing. And then 
the third leg of stoicism is that if you are virtuous, life is better than if you're not a good person. Like if you're honest and you speak your truth and you know, I'm, I'm summarizing this very simply. There's people right. out there who are going to say, well, stoicism is much more than that. But <laughs> these three pillars of stoicism are the most important ones. You don't have control over everything, but you do have control over your judgments and, and how you react to things and better to be virtuous than not virtuous. Like, and I get why you're obsessed with them right now, because I really think last year, especially last year, after last year, people really need it. I don't think that's good people like we talk about in uh, a podcast in a couple episodes ago. Like for me, I generally don't think that's any good person out there anymore. And that's a lot of things that you just can't control anymore. And then you just get upset with it. I think it's it's like a butterfly chain effects, like because you, there's something that you can't control and then you can't judge. So you get upset. And then when you get upset, you think badly of other people. When you try to control situations that are going against you, you end up doing things that make you very unhappy. I mean, like when I was in my 20s or whatever, I was in a relationship that was not going my way. And I thought she was cheating on me. I thought she didn't like me. So I would, you know, do all sorts of things like read her emails and and it was really bad. Whoa. I, yeah. Stalker. Like, no, well, we were, yeah, I was. I, uh, well, so I, if that's how you define it, like I really, I was young. It was like my second relationship and I just were third. And I just, I didn't have a lot of experience in these things. And I thought there was nobody could like me. And uh, so a stoic would say, well, I have no control over how she thinks about me, but I'm going to be the best person I could be no matter what. And the right people will like me as a result. But what happened was I spent a long time being very unhappy and then depressed when she did leave me. I mean, I was like crying and uh, I, I was, you know, moping around all the time and always seeing, you know, what she was doing. And, you know, if I had used stoicism, I could have said, look, I have no control over how she thinks about me, but I can choose not to be sad right now, be a good person and go out to meet other people and do things. Pe people like people who do things. Right. So instead of being someone who just mopes around, I could have done something. And, you know, I even gave up I, at the time I was offered a job. I was, I was, I was, I had just been thrown out of graduate school and I was offered this job at IBM to work on deep blue, the chess computer that I spoke about with, you know, in the podcast with Gary Kasparov, it was the right. computer that, that it was the first computer to beat the human world champion, which was Gary at the time. And um, I turned it down because I wanted to be with this girl. Maybe if I had used a little bit of stoicism, I would have said, okay, I have no control over the relationship, but I, this job sounds exciting to me. It's like the dream job for me. And instead I, I turned it down. So, but there's, there's reasons why I think stoicism is, is still not my favorite uh, philosophy. What do you mean? Well, I think, you know, there are aspects that, and, and again, I agree with a lot of stoicism. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's the idea of don't label anything good or bad. Like if someone breaks up with you, it's neither good or bad. If an earthquake happens, it's neither good or bad. Someone has a heart attack who's close to you. You could, you know, obviously that, that can make you sad, but it's not, it's just part of life. And right. that aspect of stoicism is, is important. But I think 
I think actually it doesn't, it still doesn't lead to freedom and freedom is very important to me. So right. it's still a matter of trying to deal with hard things that are happening to you and philosophically find your joy in those hard things. And it's very similar. I mean, all these philosophies I'm about to discuss, I'm gonna really quickly summarize a bunch of philosophies. They're all kind of similar with just nuances. So, so for instance, in the past hundred years, there's existentialism. And existentialism basically says there's no purpose in life. Uh, so, so, so a lot of people ask, why am I here? What is the right. meaning of life? So stoicism tries to say, you're here to be a, a good person, a virtuous person. By finding your meaning and how you can be the best person, you will be a happy person in life. And again, there's lots of different types of stoicism. Some people might disagree with me. I'm just giving a very brief summary. I'm not doing a six semester right. class about stoicism. <laughs> but um, existentialism says, why do we exist? There's no reason why we exist. And there's no point in having any meaning at all. Jean-Paul Sartre uh, started existentialism, but it's related to older philosophies. But existentialism still says, hey, let's try to find, even though there is no real meaning in life, let's try to find meaning and live our life accordingly. And my question is, why do you need to have meaning in life? Why is it important to find your meaning in life? Right. Well, for, for me, I think like without meaning in life, what motivate me? I felt like meaning in life for me, because I've been thinking, I've been, I've been wanting to ask you, these questions a lot, like what's meaning of life? Because for me, you know, like, especially during lockdown, I, you know, you just be at home all the time. You know, you didn't see other people. You didn't, there's nothing to distract you to find the meaning of life. So I've been thinking about this a lot because without meaning of life, what motivates me and what fuels me going forward? Well, that, that's a great question. So, so the existentialists, even though they thought there might not be any specific meaning, but the pursuit of meaning is important. Jay, like you like to find meaning in life because then yeah. it gets you motivated and it yeah. gets you excited about things and it makes you wake up and say, okay, today I'm gonna pursue something that, you know, maybe I'll leave a legacy because I'm pursuing this. You know, we, yeah. we, we talk about this with our guests on the podcast a lot. Like they wanna leave a legacy, they wanna be good. Even though, you know, I've pointed this out many times, like we don't even remember the, like, do you remember the names of your great, great grandparents? I don't even know them. Right. Do you know their names? No. So your grandparents, grandparents, just four generations ago, you don't even know their names and they're, and you're like directly descended from them. So right. uh, what the problem I have with meaning that, 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 that you should pursue a meaning that you should have a meaning, which involves a legacy. There's no legacy. Like there, nobody has left a legacy. We don't even know. I can't, if you, if I asked you, who's the 12th president of the United States, even if you had been in America like your whole life, you probably still couldn't tell me the answer. Why do you feel you need to have meaning? Well, because like without meaning, like okay, so for me, uh, my for me without meaning, I guess I was just living to work to make money. That's it. You know what else am I am I working towards against? You know why is making money give you meaning? Well, it's like so that I have a more comfortable life, especially in New York. Especially in New York, I have to make more money to cover all my rental expenses and income tax. Maybe if I if I'm living in other state that doesn't require as much income tax or other like lower expenses, then my meaning of life might change. That could be like if you don't, it, it, you know, 
remember I, I had Jen Glantz do that list. Uh, what I would right. ha do if I had a million dollars and everything on her list was something she could do now. Like she said, yeah. she wanted to have multiple homes in different cities. Well, like for instance, a year and a half ago, I went to Amsterdam to do some comedy. And for a week or a week and a half, I Airbnb'd a home in Amsterdam. So yes, I didn't own the home, but it's as if I owned the home and I was right, right in the middle of Amsterdam. It was great. And anytime I go back there, I could presumably stay in the same home or maybe even a better home. So like, I don't need a million dollars and I have, thanks to modern Airbnb, I have homes all over the place. Or some people say, oh, I want to have, you know, I want to own a private jet. Well, a private jet costs a hundred million dollars and then you have to maintain it. But for like a few thousand dollars, and yes, that's expensive too, but it's not a hundred million. For a few thousand dollars, you could fly in a private jet. And it's not like you're going to be flying in a private jet like every weekend, unless you're an idiot. <laughs> you just, right. You're just going to, uh, you know, go on vacation a couple times and budget that in and, you know, work hard and make the money. And so all these things, or she said she would have an assistant. Well, you can get a virtual assistant in the Philippines yeah. for almost zero dollars. Yeah. So, so money is not as much a factor in freedom as people always thought. Like it used to, when I was a kid, oh, I want to be a millionaire. And yes, that's a good, that's an interesting goal to have. And there's many ways to do it, but it's not necessarily the way to find happiness or to do all the things you want to do with much less money. You could do things you want to do. And, and it's important for people to recognize. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day and because of COVID, he had to work remotely um, for the past year and a half. So instead of living in a city where he had to deal with, you know, the, the grime and um, the homeless and all sorts of problems, uh, he moved to a little house on the, right on the ocean. He's 10 feet from the ocean and Whoa. he's just enjoying life and he's spending less money than he used to. So you can, you could, you could choose money. Doesn't necessarily, there's no number of money that can provide meaning in your life. You could choose what kind of, we're more able to choose what kind of life we want to live. And I think people are starting to, to realize that, but with existentialism, the whole idea is, is that there's no one meaning, but mm -hmm. it's good to have meaning in your life. And the right. pursuit of meaning is in itself a meaning. Meaning, yes, it's it's important that the pursuit of meaning may have meaning in itself, and existentialism is about that. Well, does it mean like so? Like it shouldn't be someone gift you meaning. The meaning should come within yourself. That's a really good way to put it. You can't put your meaning necessarily on external factors. Right. It's like very anti-existentialist to derive meaning from what society tells you to do, or your community, or your family, or your friends, or your teachers. But it is somewhat important in existentialism to not only have some meaning in life and think about what that meaning is, but that to really make sure you enjoy the pursuit of that meaning rather than just have a goal. So right. existentialism is not necessarily goal-oriented. It's just knowing that you're on a path that uh, that in itself has meaning. Now, right. let's go extreme. Nihilism. Nihilism? Uh, N-I-H- I-L-I-S-M, nihilism would say there's absolutely no meaning. It's just all BS and uh, there's no, you know, and there's different types of nihilism. Right. There, there's no such thing as like, 
if you're if you're a moral nihilist, you would say there's no such thing as ethics. If you're a political nihilist, you could say there's no political thing that matters. Basically, it's very similar to existentialism, except it's it's uh, it, it, it it really rejects that there's any meaning at all. So the word right. the word nihilism comes from the word annihilate, which means to destroy or to bring to nothing. There's there's nothing in in nihil- right. there's no philosophy that's correct in nihilism. Right. It's uh, so I did a quick Google on uh, nihilism, and also if you look at the chat, our chat is very very active right now. But really? uh, yeah, someone someone did. Uh, I mean, I, I googled the nihilism, and someone asked, "Can can nihilists be happy?" I mean, I think they can. But it's not not for any reason, right? Uh, and again, people will disagree with me. I'm just giving uh, again. I'm you know you could take a whole year of reading about nihilism, and there's so many different philosophers. I'm just trying to explain in a few sentences or a few paragraphs what these things are. Yeah, well, the thing is, I felt like I felt like nihilism for me, based on what you what you describe and your definitions. I felt like their point is kind of redundant in a sense that, like, if there's no meaning in life, why, why, why are you exist? Yeah, well, nihilists, there's no reason, but because there's no reason to exist, there's also no reason to kill yourself. So you oh. just you just do whatever you want, and you know, there's not really nihilism. Sort of removes meaning. It's like existentialism, but without meaning and without virtue. Right. So basically, nihilism is just a lazy bomb. It's just lying a lot around it. Right. Like, well, not necessarily. They might still want to make a lot of money. They might right, just right. do what they want. And because the whole thing is like, take ethics. Like, mm-hmm. in society, your parents told you when you were little, don't lie to your parents right. in particular. You don't even lie to anybody, but in particular, don't lie to your parents, your parents or right. do good in school or don't hit your little brother or little sister or whatever. And, and, but a nihilist will say this is all just artificial. There's no real universal laws that say you shouldn't hate your little sister. <laughs> Whereas Christianity says there is. And um, right. even Stoicism will say it's better to be virtuous than not virtuous. And even right. existentialism doesn't really have a lot of opinions on virtue, but it's probably easier to find meaning in life if you're a good person. If you're not limiting yourself, the whole thing is if you're limiting yourself to what other people say is right. Like, let's say, oh, it's right to not hit your little brother. It's right to go to college. It's right to politically believe in certain things. You're, every time you think the society is telling you something that's, imp- that's, that's real, it's limiting you. It's putting boundaries around you. And so let's say your sibling is mean to you. Let's say your sibling is really cruel to you and mm-hmm. you're adults now and you decide, you know what? I'm not uh, I'm not going to spend time with this person anymore even though it's my brother or whatever. People might say, "Oh, that's a bad thing. Family is family." But an existentialist will say, "Who cares if family is family? Like right. I'm going to make my own meaning." And a nihilist will automatically say, "Somebody else told me this person's in my family. Like so what? We have biological connection. That's not a real connection. I don't have to treat this person anyway." So they're similar, but nihilism doesn't pursue meaning at all. Which gets me to the philosophy that I'm really, I feel speaks to me.
there's no right or wrong way to look at the world, but sort of the way I look at the world is a philosophy called absurdism. And it's just the idea that even having this discussion is absurd. Like everything in life is just absurd. It's like a gigantic joke. Wait, how and, do you define it? Like absurd as in like, it's ridiculous. We all try to find kind of intrinsic value and meaning in life. And there really is no meaning at all. And right. you could find meaning if you want, but it's not a requirement. Everything is just absurd. Anything that we think is important is just absurd. It's not even that there's no meaning. It's just almost that it's like a joke. Basically, so the, the, the main guy in absurdism is this guy, Albert Camus, who wrote an excellent book called The Stranger. And okay. he wrote another book called uh, The Plague, The Fall, The Rebel, The Myth of Sisyphus. And most of the time, people are looking for meaning in a meaningless world. This is like almost like a contradiction. So that's the absurdity. And so Camus basically said there's three ways to deal with this dilemma of, you know, the desire to find meaning when every, it's just any meaning is absurd. Like, oh, I want to work hard so I could buy a house. That's just stupid. That's just absurd. <laughs> so everything is like absurd. And so one way, which nobody recommends is suicide. Then you don't have to worry about meaning after that. Like, uh, as Louis CK says, I forget the exact joke. He basically said, you know, if I don't want to deal with a park, I, I have a solution for all parking tickets. If I get a right. parking ticket, I'll just kill myself. <laughs> then I don't have to deal with it. So like he kind of gets it that that's almost like an absurdist sort of joke. And then, um, another way to deal with absurdism is to be religious because then that force it, it like you inherit the meaning of that religion. Okay, life's absurd, but I'm going to believe in Jesus anyway because that at least gives, makes me feel comfortable and makes me feel okay. Or you could accept the fact that everything is absurd and whatever happens to you, you know, accepting the absurd, this is very freeing. Like, oh, this person treated me like horribly. Uh, who cares? It's, it's, it's absurd. So I'm just going to accept that this happened and move forward with my life. And, really? and, but as opposed to nihilists, Camus thought it was very important. And there's a reason for this. Camus thought it was very important to try to be a good person. So right. w when given the choice, he said between, you know, one action, he basically said, when given the choice, choose love. So always choose to be a loving person. Right. Now, when, now taken to an extreme though, if you fall in love with somebody, but maybe you're married, he would say, oh, leave your wife and go for this person you love. And that created some problems in his life. Like his wife was very depressed and eventually he decided that in order to be a good person and, and choose virtue as well as choosing love, he needed to stop cheating on his wife and, and try to keep her happy. So, you know, absurdism, you could, if you want to, you could still find meaning in your life. Just recognize that it's meaningless. Well, so are you, so is, is the, 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 the founder, I'll call it the founder, um, is he like actually happy because of that uh, absurdism? Because like, you're pretty much just trying to find ultimate feels in the life. What do you mean? The ultimate feels as in like, uh, as in like, if you do something, right? If you do, like, let's say if I'm, I'm trying to, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand this as well because I really don't understand it. Like, it's like my brain is like, it's like exploding right now. Uh, it's like, so like, if I'm pursuing meaning in life, I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to make it funny or thought about how funny it would be if if it's if it fell. Yeah, it's not necessarily funny. It's just that an awareness that anything you derive meaning from, ultimately, you're going to die and there's no meaning in whatever you do. Right, right. And so there's like, no, there's like, everybody's like, oh, I want to leave a legacy for my kids. Nobody gives a shit. And you're great. You like, you don't know the names of your great grandparents in just a few generations. Everyone is not going to know who you are. So, right. uh, you know, so, so, so actually, the way to find meaning is to really understand that there is no one thing that it has has meaning. There's there's it's it's almost like be a rebel, like be right. a rebel against any institution which tries to give you meaning. Now it doesn't mean you shouldn't be a doctor. It doesn't mean you don't have fun doing things. But it's just that, like, do what you want. And it's very similar to existentialism, except existentialism thinks it is still important to find some meaning in your life. It's like Viktor Frankl's Man's Search mm -hmm. for Meaning. Absurdism says it's important to realize that there is absolutely no meaning and accept that. And right. then you'll be free. And then you'll be happy. That no no thing, everything that you think is important is just your brain telling you it's important and there's nothing actually important. And it, it almost sounds nihilistic, except it's important to choose love overall. Do the things where you're the most loving you could be. Right. And everything else is just background noise. So so you so you basically have to embrace the contradictions of it. Uh, yeah. And then and then uh, I think some call me Superman said like it's like Dadaism and surrealism. I don't know what that is. There are well okay. Dadaism is related to existentialism and um so we could talk about those things another time because they're all related to like right. art and the relationship between art and philosophy. Oh, wow. So like Dadaism is an artistic movement and surrealism is an artistic movement, but right. they're all related to these things. So, uh, but why, why, why makes you so obsessed with absurd? I can't even say it. It's so absurd. Absurdism. Absurdism. It's just like I can't even pronounce manarena sauce. Manarena sauce. Marinara sauce. <laughs> Marinara sauce. Yeah, so the, the, the whole thing is a lot of people spend a lot of time asking, well, what is my meaning? Or what meaning should I have in life? Or what pursuits should I do? And just choose love and be indifferent to everything. Like, let's say, take me for instance, okay? I get sometimes overly obsessed with whatever it is I'm interested in. So when I do business, I want to be very successful at business. When I did stand-up comedy, I wanted to very quickly tour all over the country and be acknowledged as a successful comedian. When I play chess even, I want my rating to go up. But just enjoy what you do and do it in a loving way. Love what you do. Love the people you do it with. But don't say, hey, it's important for me to get this goal or it's important for me to do this. Now, you could have that if you want, but just right. realize that when you die, it's all meaningless. It's all stupid. There's right. no, there's no real point to anything. You don't fool yourself into thinking there's a point, and try to enjoy life, even though there's no point to it. Right. Well, that's well. From what you said, like it sounded really freeing. Just just by hearing it, it sounded very freeing. It's like, yeah, you should do whatever you do, but but in the end, you know, it's gonna be meaningless anyway. But but you do it. But you should have fun doing it. 
So so it's more like you're looking at the process of doing it. Like the, you, you are into the process rather than the outcome. Right. And it doesn't, you don't waste a big part of your life trying to find out what your meaning is. Sure. Right. If you want to, if you love medicine and want to be a doctor, do it. But right. don't think that this is a path to joy. Just do it if you want to. And that the only path to joy is really accepting the fact that nothing matters and again, choose love. And I really like this approach. I feel like stoicism is kind of like a guide to how to live, like recognize that you can't control everything, recognize the things you can't control and you can only control your judgments. This is almost like a pathway to living through difficult situations, like an earthquake or right. in Craig Stanlin's case, going to prison. Absurdism is related, it's close, but it's it's more like, Nothing was important anyway. We're all going to die at the end of this adventure. Just do what you can to be loving and be a good person. Nothing's in your control. You can have meaning if you want, if you choose to. Just accept the fact that nothing is really required of you. And, you know, but it doesn't mean like just make money at all extent because there's no meaning. He still says, you know, choose love, which in some sense means be a virtuous person. And I think, I think this helps you be happy. Like anytime right. you put any boundary around yourself, like, oh, I have to be rated this in chess, or I have people have to like me if I'm a comedian, or people have to like my writing, or people have to like this podcast. Like all of that is pointless. Do a podcast if you enjoy doing podcasts. Do comedy and do the best you can if, if you want to do that. Like I, I, and the reason why this resonates with me is because I feel like I've changed quote unquote meaning in my life many times. So what does that mean? Does that mean I was just BSing myself when I thought the meaning of my life was to be X or to be Y or to be Z? Uh, right. I mean, I've switched careers like 15 times, but the reality is that's because I, I do what I like, what I enjoy, what I love doing. And it's really just absurd to think that anything I do really matters. It's like the people who say, oh, your vote matters. Oh yeah, if you live in New York State, New York State always votes one way. Uh, Alabama always votes another way. And either state, if you live in it, your vote is kind of absurd. Now, yeah. should you vote or not? Vote if you want to. That's yeah. what, uh, what absurdism would say. There's no, anybody telling you, you have to do this, you have to do that. They don't know you. They're just dictating your life for you. And you don't need anyone dictating your life or, or meaning in your life. Wait, so the assertion is like the, the, the complete, no, I wouldn't say complete package. It's like the, the combinations of the other three. Yeah, it's, very closely, yeah. it's yeah. very closely related, which is why it's not such a bad idea to be all these things. Maybe, right. you, but I would, it's closest to like existentialism, which says there's no meaning in life, but you should probably try to derive some meaning from it because you'll be happier if pursuing something with meaning. Um, and you uh, said when your meaning change, I'm just curious. I'm just, I'm totally curious. When you say your meaning change, does your meaning change when you face a crisis or you went to a crisis? Like it has, like, was it a really, really down woman? And then you realize, okay, now my meaning has changed because I've been through this. You know, I think it's more like, yeah, a little bit like we bad things would happen to me and I would just kind of give up on whatever I was pursuing before or, or I would maybe fall in love with doing something else and I would lose interest in other things. But, you know, whenever you try too hard to do what's quote unquote right or do what you're supposed to do or do what you 
you know, oh, I'm supposed to always attend funerals or weddings or, oh, I'm always, I'm supposed to go to college. That's what people with my background do or all of that is, again, this is like existentialism too. All of that is BS, but absurdism takes it one step further. It's like absurd to think the world is going to have any value because of anything you do. There's like a billion different or a trillion different species on this planet. Humans are just one of them. And we think we're so important. And that is just absurd. Basically a belief in anything beyond absurdity is irrational. Like we don't even know if we're in a simulation or not. Like some people right. believe we're in a simulation. So you just kind of have to, in some sense, this is similar to Taoism. Like Taoism says, whatever you think is real, that in itself means it's not real. <laughs> Yeah, so it's almost like you are li you you, ha you just have to live in the moment. Live in the moment and you could have meaning if you want. Right. But you don't have to. And you know, existentialists will say, "Listen, it's part of who we are as humans that even if there's no meaning, you need to find meaning in your life and pursue something and the pursuit of meaning is is good." Right. Um and nihilists will say, "Don't have meaning." in your life like that is just futile it's bs it's whatever but absurdist they if you if you want to have meaning in your life like oh i'm going to be the best chess player in the world i could do that the point is it's just absurd to think that it's important you know there, there's no inherent thing about being a human that says i have to have meaning there's no inherent thing that says i have to um treat people a certain way right it's just easier to be happier because you're not, you know, it's just easier to be happier if you're a good person. Because when you're right. a bad person, bad things might happen. You right. might go to jail or you might have a lot of people not like you and make your life hard as a result. Right. So better to just not give a shit and do what you enjoy, but do it with love. Right. So, okay, okay. So this, this, this is going to be really fun. I don't know if you can do it with your brain fog. If each of them has to write a tweet today, what are they going to be? So let's start with stoicism. What what's the so isn't tweet of today is gonna be? COVID happened, but I used the time to learn new skills, to spend more time with my family, to figure out, you know, what kind of legacy I want to leave. Because I had free time, I spent more time doing charity and doing good things. So that might be stoicism. And again, I'm making it up. Some right, 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 right. Okay, okay. Uh, and then uh, extend what's called existentialism. Or existentialism whatever? might say. Uh, it's a tweet. It's a tweet. So you have to limit your character too. Yeah. This is all bullshit, but <laughs> it's really important for me to become a doctor and save lives. And I'm going to devote my life to that. And I really enjoy studying medicine and biology. Right. And, and then the nihilism. Nihilism's like, nothing matters. I'm just going to do whatever I want until I die. <laughs> and <laughs> absurdism is like, Everybody is just crazy. This is just a big joke. Uh, you know, half the people say, you know, one thing, half the people say the other thing, and they don't realize it's 50-50. Who knows what's the right answer? But I don't know, I happen to like going to the movie, so I'm gonna write movie reviews all the time and find meaning in that for a little while. And then I might find meaning in something else. Yeah, that's a pretty long tweet you have there. Okay, so uh absurdism might say, uh, this tweet is a fucking joke. Don't even read it. <laughs> I just felt like tweeting right now. And I'm going back to my wife because I love being with her. That's, that's literally you all day. 
Yeah, I feel, that's why I feel like I'm an absurdist more than I'm a stoic, right. more than I'm an existentialist. But the idea of even labeling myself something is absurd. Like yeah. I'm not anything. Like I'm not, you know, I'm one species among a trillion on planet Earth, which is one planet among maybe a quadrillion planets in the universe. Right. The idea that there's any overriding, like the idea that anyone cares about my free will and my actions is just so ridiculous, right. it's stupid. And it's, I could say, oh, I want my grandchildren to know about me. Why? When you're dead, you're not going to care if your grandchildren or great-grandchildren know who you are. Right. Well, it's, I, I think, I think the, the next step would be like, just really practice what, what philosophy that you want to believe in, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you could choose what philosophy, if you're an absurdist, you could say, oh, okay, today I'm going to, but believe this today, tomorrow. I'm going to believe this, whatever you want. And it's not saying be a bad person. It's not saying kill people because again, choose love because let's say you do something bad. Let's say you commit a crime because you feel there's no meaning and it's all pointlessness. Well, you might now, unfortunately have meaning forced on you because you're going to have to fight a court case or, right. you know, so like if you, if you watch TV, almost all stories happen because somebody thinks something is more important than it is. And, you know, like take Star Wars, all right? Star Wars is in a, a galaxy a long, long time ago, or no, sorry, it's a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Right. So did anything Luke Skywalker do have any meaning ultimately? Like presumably that whole civilization is gone it, right. The whole civilization died anyway. Right. The, 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 no matter the, the, what Jedi, happened right. between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. And it was a galaxy far, far away. So it has no effect on here. And, and yet they thought they were doing something very important and meaningful. And yet we even saw, even after we thought, yo, the emperor died, blah, blah, blah. Well, it didn't back. matter. It he didn't matter. Back. Yeah, he came back. It's all ridiculous. Or... Right. Take like The Sopranos, like or 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 The Godfather. Oh, I haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah. So so take The Godfather. Like it's a story about the mafia. Well, the mafia has this code of values that they live by. Like you know, the, your your family is your is your crime family. It's it's even closer than blood. And and you know, there's a an oath of secrecy you take, and you know, you help each other. Like it's like a brotherhood almost, like a fraternity type of thing. But right. you know, dedicated to making money not necessarily through legitimate ways because the mafia doesn't believe that the laws of the land that they might be living in agree with the laws that they think should be followed. So they right. take the law into their own hands. But this creates all these limitations. They have to treat family a certain way. They have to treat the godfather a certain way. So there's all these like limitations that they put themselves to and they swear to, and it ends up making them very unhappy people potentially. Right. Like, and they end up dying maybe through you know, being killed, no matter how loyal they were. Right. So, spoiler. Spoiler. Well, well, no, I'm talking about like, like in real life. <laughs> oh, right. All oh, right. John right. Gotti killed his boss, Paul Castellano, right. and no matter what oath he said. So, right. You know, it sort of reaffirms that uh, that it all was absurd to begin with, and even thinking you could provide this meaning to your life by swearing to this oath of being in the mafia and the godfather like al pacino and the godfather is constantly unhappy he is never happy except right. maybe in the beginning the very first scene maybe he's happy and he's never happy again you never see him smile again right. and so the more meaning you put in your life it could be 
the less happy you are, unless you just say, hey, I'm just gonna do what I want, but I, I'll choose love alongside of it, and I'll find meaning when I love something, and otherwise, I'm not gonna judge myself. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, oh, I really should be a doctor now, or all oh, my friends are really successful, I should be successful. No one's successful 200 years from now, they're all dead. Right. So, yeah. so like, uh, even right now, I'm more successful than Steve Jobs. Right, you're more right. successful yeah. than anyone right now who is dead. You're more yeah. successful than Bruce Lee. Yeah, than Marcus Aurelius, or you're more successful than Bruce Lee. Because so what? Like, does Bruce Lee right now care that everybody thinks he's the greatest martial artist? No, he's dead, yeah. Yeah. and it's not making light of it. It's just that's reality. Like we yeah. all are fooled into thinking that these all these things are important in the very short time we live here in this tiny one species of trillions we think our species is special but that's why it's, I it's think, just not that's why i think choose yourself is so great because if you choose to love yourself to being a good person you know the world would be a better life you know you just just don't, don't force your ideology on other people right right i mean what what's absurd is everybody wants to be significant everyone wants to have meaning. Everyone wants to some clarity on what they should be doing in life. And the universe just doesn't give a shit. No. So there's yeah. this contradiction. And accepting that in absurdism is freedom. Right. And that's ultimately, I think, a more appealing philosophy to me. Now, although I agree with the principles of Stoicism, I agree with a lot of the principles of Taoism or, or Buddhism, the fact that there's, there is suffering and but you know, there's a way beyond suffering, and you, you should the easiest, the simplest thing to do is you know, right action and right speaking, and you know, be virtuous. But this is a lot of work, and if you just accept the fact that hey, it's all meaningless, but I'm gonna try to do the right thing wherever I can, and right. I'm gonna pursue the things that temporarily give me meaning without thinking I'm significant in any way, that is the free. Like you know, people who. Some people like really care, like I want to be the best doctor ever. I want to be the best tennis player ever. And some people are like, hey, I'm going to practice every day because I love it, but I'm just, I'm okay too. I'm, I'm, I just want to be, uh, I don't need to be the best to be happy. Right. I need to just, you know. I think I need, I think I need to change my philosophy. I envy those people a lot because like a lot of people are like, yeah, I just, I just practice. I just like doing what they do. You know, I don't want to be the best, you know, but they ended up being really good. Yeah, and also just then you start to look at things a little more skeptically. Right. Like, oh, everyone is saying it's really important that I do this or this. Well, is it? I don't know. Oh, it's really important that I convince this other person that the earth is not flat. Why? <laughs> why Why do I care if he thinks the earth is flat or not? Like, right. who cares? Oh, it's now you could say, well, some laws are very restrictive. I wouldn't be saying this if I was unfortunate or in a, in a, in a bad situation, I would work hard to, to help others. Well, if you do things and you choose love alongside the things you do, then you will naturally do the best you can do to help right. things without, without being obsessed with whether it was significant or not. You'll just naturally do good things, except the fact that it's all absurd. It all doesn't matter. And then act accordingly when given the choice, choose the loving path. Right, that's a that that's such a great quote. All right, I did some FAQ on the channel. If you want to look some, like I just right. asked them like to ask you questions. Uh, the I ask you, has you read the book Ishmael? 
by Daniel Quinn. No, I haven't. I and I did buy it once, but I never read it. So I will read it. Thank you for right. the recommendation, uh, James. Uh, this is James Quandall, yep. who's James been Quandall. on the podcast. Yep. Uh, and then some. I think some people also say that the myth of Cephas is a good read as well. Oh yeah, and I've never read it. That's supposedly Albert Camus' a book about absurdism. So right. uh, I think I come to absurdism by naturally being an absurdist. Like I've just led my life in an absurd way. Like people always say, why are you doing this? And I know I, I know I am most unhappy when I have, when I think I'm doing something for a reason. Really, there's no reason why I'm doing anything other than I just want to do it. And, you know, I'm trying not to be a bad, I'm trying to be a good person too. Right. And uh, ABV, Andrew asks, what elements of your subscriptions to absurdism helped pull you out from burnout stages? I'm realizing that burnout usually means I'm trying to achieve some goal and I'm not achieving it. So I get, so I'm working too hard. So I get burnt out. But if, you know, if you just do what you love doing, like there was one point when I was trying so hard to make a lot of money by being a hedge fund manager, that was my business. And finally I realized, you know what? I just don't like this. Like I hate it. I hate all the people. I don't like it. I returned all the money. I had no source of income. I loved right. I moved to a place that was much, much cheaper. I downsized. Uh, and I went broke during this time as well. And then I just started writing and I loved it so much. And then, you know, when I, and I loved writing and I loved reading and I love writing, but you know, yeah. when my writing made me unhappy was when I needed a certain number of likes on an article or a certain right. number. I need people to tell me it was good. Like once I, attach significance to what I was doing, I became less happy. So just do what you love. You'll probably be better at it if you, the less significance you put on it and don't get sidetracked by external or man-made or societal made features like, oh, they really like me or they like this, or I got a lot of page views or whatever. Like I used to look at all, instead of looking at my investments, I started looking at all my analytics. How many pages did I have? How many minutes do people spend on each article? Like I switched the thing I was applying significance to when I just should have said, oh, that's meaningless. I'm just gonna, instead of wasting any mental energy at all, I'm gonna use all of my energy just doing what I love doing. And then I probably would have been even a better writer or a better hedge fund manager or a better comedian or a better chess player. Just do it when you love doing it. Right. But I also like, I felt like you shouldn't be regretting like what your past life decision is because like it is yeah. what makes you today. You, you you're absolutely that. right, Jay. You're absolutely right. I should not, uh, it, it's absurd for me to think I should have lived yeah. differently back then. Like it is what it yeah. is. It's done. Yeah. Because if you didn't, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't make any decision that you made before, you wouldn't have picked me up fresh off the boat, you know? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I saw you wandering around, uh, stealing scraps of garbage at the at the at the, the out at the farmers market in Chinatown, and I put you behind a podcast studio, <laughs> taught you everything you know about audio visual equipment, and gave you meaning in life. And I know that's my meaning in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, that's great. Uh, any any things you want to wrap up? No, I just think don't be so obsessed with what's your meaning, what's your purpose. Don't be so obsessed with the significance of what you're doing. Find something you love and accept the fact that this is a gigantic, cold, and silent universe. And then you're and no matter how many people we have talking about lifespan on 
this podcast, ultimately we're going to die and you should try to enjoy every minute and try not to be harmful to other people. Like at the end of the day, choose love. Choose love. 